0: Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia.
1: Grab your Bibles and turn with me today to um, Philippians chapter 4, Philippians chapter 4. I'm, uh, I'm really excited about the word today. I'm going I'm to do my best not to get in the way. I'm going to do my best to let the Word of God uh, speak for itself uh, because there is profound power in the simplicity of this Word today. So um, if you'll understand this, if you'll grasp this and just let it run its course through your life, it will revolutionize your spiritual life. All right, so let's dive in. Philippians 4, verses 12 and 13. The Apostle Paul says, I know how to live On almost nothing. Anybody like, yes, Lord. I've been I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything, Paul said. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything, or most translations say all things through Christ who gives me strength. Lord, I pray that you would add your blessing, your anointing to the the reading and the hearing of your word. And most importantly, Lord, not not just understanding it, but doing it. And I pray, God, that you would show us all the ways that this word applies to us today. And give us the courage and the strength to put those things into practice. Because we need you to change everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, listen, there is um, something missing from the theology of the American church. Uh, quite honestly, more, more than one thing. Um, and, and before you go, oh, Lord, this is one of those high messages that I'm not going to understand. No, listen, this is not an academic problem for those who are attending seminary. This is a real life issue for anyone who claims to be a Christian. Americans in the American church have a self-esteem problem it's not really a matter of whether we have high to our, our self-esteem is too high or too low that's not really the, the, the problem it's the fact that we esteem ourselves Amen. at all Amen. that we give any credibility to ourselves in the first place listen let me ask you a few questions that hopefully will help us get to the heart of this Why are we still working so hard when we confess that we're saved by grace? Why is it that we are working so hard that it's such an effort to produce love and joy and peace and even self-control? Why do we feel obligated to browbeat our new converts into into changing their behavior just as soon as they say amen from surrendering their hearts to the Lord? Why are we who claim to be set free by the blood of Jesus still so bound by sin and shame and guilt and hurt and worry, and fear, and anxiety, and anger, and the list just goes on and on and on. And listen, I'm not here to condemn or to criticize, because I'm in the same boat you're in. I'm guilty of all of those things just as much as anybody else is. But here's the thing that I want to ask. If we know we have no ability to be righteous in our own power, and we know that we have no ability to stop being unrighteous in our own power, then why do we continue to put all our hope for change in our own power? The famous verse that we just read gets so taken out of context. It gets so misquoted. It gets so misused and misunderstood. We don't even have time to sort out all those ways. But when we hear that verse, too many times we get stuck on the first two words. I can. We get stuck on I can. And in our minds, something clicks and something tells us that everything is up to us. That if anything's going to change in our lives, if we're going to be better people, if anything's going to happen, if anything's going to get accomplished in our lives, that it's going to be accomplished by those two words, I can. And when we do that, when we get a good dose of I can, one of two things is going to happen. Either we're going to succeed at whatever it was, And we'll get this false sense of accomplishment and dependence upon ourselves. Or we're going to fall flat on our faces and fail and just pile on more shame and more guilt and more regret. Can I tell you something today? The 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 two most important words in that verse are not I can. The two most important words in that verse are through Christ. Through Christ. If you don't focus on those two words, if you don't focus on through Christ, then you're left to accomplish everything in your own power. And that's a problem. So let's turn that around and see if we can, if we can get the focus in the right place. Through Christ's strength, all things are possible. Isn't that what it says? Now let's look at the opposite of what it says. Without Christ's strength... Nothing is possible. Right. Or how about this? I can't do anything Amen. without Christ who strengthens me. Amen. Isn't that the truth? Amen. Listen, your flesh is weak. That's right. Amen. Our flesh is weak. Your, our human ability will only take us so far. The most important things in this life, you can accomplish some things. Right? You can do some things in your own human ability, but the most important things in life, the, the things of eternity, the things of the kingdom, cannot be accessed by human achievement or human effort. It's just not possible. You cannot motivate yourself enough. You can't psych yourself up enough. You can't inspire yourself enough to accomplish one single thing of kingdom value nothing. All hope we have of connecting with Jesus and following Jesus comes from our dependence upon Him and His power. And I want to show it to you in another place as well. I'm not just taking one verse and building a theology out of it. I want you to see if this. Is, I want you to see it not just in this place, but once you start to see it, I want you to see it over and over and over again throughout the Word. John 15 in verse five. Look at what Jesus said. He said, yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. It's just a spiritual fact, Jesus says. But listen to this. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. No matter how smart you are. No matter how intelligent, no matter how wise, no matter how powerful, no matter how well-connected, no matter how good-looking, no matter how rich or how famous, if you're trying to carry out the commands of Christ without the power of Christ, you're going to fail and exhaust yourself in the process. But if you want to accomplish spiritual things, Eternal things, if you want to fulfill the will of our Father, if you want to become like Jesus, the power will not be found in declaring a self-centered I can, but in humbly resting in the power of I can't. Today I want to talk to you about the power of I can't. What if we started every day with an honest declaration, I can't. God, I can't do this on my own. God, I can't live up to the principles of your word. God, I can't love people the way you want me to love people. God, I can't be good, and I can't be good enough, and I can't be good enough long enough And if I do happen to succeed in this one thing, it's going to lead me to pride and self-sufficiency. God, I hear you. God, I want to follow you. God, I want to be like you. But I can't. You say, John, you have. Lost your mind now. Why in the world would you tell your church people that you want them to say they can't? Well, I'm not finished with the declaration, so just hold your horses. But but I I say that because confessing I can't has tremendous spiritual power. And I want to I want to show you, spend the rest of our time showing you the power of I can't. Do you realize you can't even be saved? Without understanding, I can't. I can't. You have to come to the realization, if you're going to be saved, you have to come to the realization that you are in deep trouble spiritually and that you are completely helpless to do anything about it. Look at Romans 6.23. This is, this is what the Word says today. For the wages, the, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God, the free gift of God, is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Your sin, my sin, has earned a payday. And the payday is the death penalty. And it's not that you're going to be executed for your sins and then you're going to go to heaven. The death penalty for sinning against a holy God is an eternal death in hell. You want to pay that for yourself? Of course not. Nobody does. And nobody can. It's it's hopeless in our own power. There is no way out of the spiritual hole that we've dug for ourselves. But before Jesus can save you, you have to realize, I can't save myself. Think about it for a second. How many people do you know who are trying to save themselves? How many people, if you ever talk to them about eternal things, will say something like, well, I just hope that when I get to the pearly gates, that I've done enough good things in my life to outweigh the bad. I just hope there's enough on the positive side that they'll let me in, that the good Lord will just know my heart and just let me in. I'm telling you, that's the spiritual understanding of the majority of people in this world. And I am terrified and ashamed to to admit, but it's also the, 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 the idea and the understanding of probably the majority of people who are sitting in churches all over America today. Do you know what that boils down to? I can save myself. That's what that means. I can do enough good things that I'll get in God's good graces somehow. That I can work my way into a relationship with God. But look at what the truth says in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. God saved you by His grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for it. It's a gift of God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, no matter how many there are. So none of us can boast about it. Listen, there is not one bit of I can in your salvation story. No one who gets into heaven will have any room to brag about what they did to get there because it's all about what Jesus did. You have to confess, I can't save myself. I can't do enough good things. I can't work hard enough or long enough. I can't make it on my own. I can't earn my salvation. And when you start with I can't, As the foundational understanding, it opens up your heart to receive the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead because you and I owed a debt that we had no ability to pay. He knows you can't save yourself. That's why he did it all for you. You don't have to work for it. He gives it to you. It's a gift you don't, you don't have to go to hell because he saved you from that. When you become a believer, it's because you realized, I can't save myself, but Jesus can, and he did. Thank you. See, sometimes we look at sinners and we think, Whoo, that that's a mess right there. Right? Y'all ever look at somebody's life and go, oh, we don't even know where to start with all of that. And don't we do that? Like the blood of Jesus is going to struggle to cover somebody's really bad stuff, right? Remember, we're not looking for people to confess what they can do, we're looking for those who will confess they can't save themselves. Look at what Jesus said about the whole deal. About Like, Jesus, who are you going to hang out with and who you're offering the plan of salvation to? Well, look at what he said. Luke chapter 5 and verse 32. He said, I have come to call not those who think they're righteous. That's the I can crowd. But those who know they're sinners and need to repent. Now listen, this is going to scare religious people. So if you are religious... I'm sorry about this, but what Jesus means is it's often the folks who are living like hell who are more open to the gospel. Why? Because they already know they can't do it on their own. They've already tried and failed if they tried in the first place. They've already come to terms with their own inability to earn their own righteousness. It's much easier for a person in that that position in life to say, My spiritual future is hell and I deserve it, but I'd much rather go to heaven. I know I can't save myself, so I'm definitely glad to hear that Jesus has paid it all for me. It's much harder conversation with the person who lives a moral life most of the time. See, getting saved is not the same thing as turning over a new leaf. It's not about learning to act better or to make better choices. Those are good things, but those are not salvation. It's, it's the confession that we are entirely powerless to change our basic nature and to change our ways and that we need Jesus, period. It's the acceptance that we may be able to work our way to morality, but we'll never be able to work our way to righteousness without the sacrifice of Jesus for our sins. The standard is just too high. It's impossibly high. Now, I I don't know about you, but I am almost every day getting hungrier, and hungrier to see radical transformations in people's life i want to see god absolutely rock some people's worlds i mean turn them upside down take notorious sinners like sinners that are good at it and turning them around do you believe that can even still happen in 2021 is that still a thing is the radical transformation of a sinner to a saint still a thing? Do we still believe that Jesus saves? Do, but do we also believe that He doesn't need us to give Him a run and start? Do we also believe that he, doesn't, that he doesn't need us to clean Him up before He can save Him? Do we still believe in a God who can turn a murderer into a minister? Do we still believe in a God who can take a demon-possessed woman and set her free and turn her into a faithful follower of Jesus Christ? Do we still believe in a God who can turn a prostitute into a worshiper? Well, if we believe that, then why don't we act like we believe that? When, when we believe that it's God's power that changes people, We can stop worrying about whatever sin they're involved in. Because it's not up to us to fix it. Right? We look at the sinners and we're like, I don't even know where to start. There's so much power. Like, what do you even peel off first? You don't peel nothing off. You get them to Jesus. So when we recognize that it's His power that can do all things then we quit worrying about whatever they're involved in. We stop worrying about their sexual orientation. We quit worrying about their addictions or their traumas. We we quit worrying about their connection to the occult. We quit worrying about where they've been or what they've been doing. The power of God is not intimidated by the sins of human beings. His power is not diminished by, by whatever they've been doing. Jesus didn't shy away from anybody in presenting the gospel to them. He didn't hesitate a minute to share the gospel with the woman at the well. She's been married five times. She's living with a dude she wasn't even married to. He didn't even, he didn't even stop. He went, he went right into the conversation. Wasn't put off by her at all. And one encounter with Jesus... And this same woman went running back into the city, a city full of people who shamed her and despised her. She went running right back into those same people and said, you've got to come meet this man. One encounter with Jesus, and there's a guy sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed, sane, and seated and calm, when for the last Unknown number of years, he's been running around in the tombs just outside the city, full of the devil, angry, violent, tortured, naked, self-harming, living in the tombs. And now he's sitting at the feet of Jesus. One encounter. One encounter with Jesus. And the apostle Paul went from torturing Jesus' followers to being tortured as a Jesus follower. Listen, do we still believe in that God? Do we still believe in that blood of Jesus? Do we still believe in salvation and transformation? If we do, then why do we keep vetting people for Jesus? We just got to get them to Him and get out of the way. We can't save them. And they can't save themselves. But God can and we can't change them, and they clearly can't change themselves, but God can. I believe in the power of I can't because I so strongly believe that God can. Now, as you're talking to people who are considering being a follower of Christ, if there's one hesitation that comes up over and over again, it's that they're afraid they won't be able to meet God's expectation. Right? If you had that conversation with people, they're just like, I don't know if I could ever give up this lifestyle. I don't know if I could ever be good enough for him to, to be pleased with me. And here, And here's the reality. If you follow Jesus, he is absolutely going to ask you to give up your old sinful ways. Amen. He will. Why? Because sin separates you from him. Sin's bad for you, and it disrupts the fellowship between God and man. So the more you turn away from your sin the closer and more intimate the relationship you can have with him. That's why he wants you to change. So maybe it's a habit or an addiction uh, that, that, you, that he deals with you about. And your first response is going to be, I can't. I can't give that up. I can't stop that. I can't change. And the enemy will tell you when you respond that way, he's going to tell you that that disqualifies you. And that you should just forget about the whole Jesus thing. The good news is that not only doesn't disqualify you, I can't is exactly where you need to be. Do you know know what step one is of a 12-step program? It's to admit that you are powerless over whatever it is that's got you bound. I can't. That's what that means. I can't. You know what step two is? is? to that you have to depend upon a higher power. If anything's ever going to change, that higher power is Jesus. It's Jesus. So when he asks you to give up, can you stop smoking or drinking or porn or, or sleeping around or whatever it is that's got you in its bondage? Can you stop doing that when God calls you to? No, you can't. But he can. He can give you the power to stop if you will just believe him and trust him. He said you can do all things. How? Through Christ who gives you the strength. So don't worry about the things that God's going to ask you to stop or even the things he's going to ask you to start. He knows you're not able and he saved you anyway. He knows who you are, and He loves you anyway. He will give you the strength if you will surrender your life to Him and depend upon His power. When you give your life to Jesus, whether whether you did it yesterday, whether you're going to do it in 10 minutes, or whether it's been 50 years, when you are a follower of Jesus, here's what you need to do. Pray. Worship Him. And read his word. That's what Jesus, in in verse 15 of of John, John 15, 5, that we read when he said, without me you can do nothing. Before that he said, if you'll abide in me, if you'll remain in me, then you're going to produce much spiritual fruit. Why is that? Because when you learn to worship and to pray and you read the word and you get it in yourself, then you're getting to know him. You're abiding with him and in him. And, and the more time you spend with Him, and the more you get to know Him, you will soon recognize that your habits, and your language, and your interests, and your thoughts, and your desires, all of those things start to change. And it's not because you decided they were going to change. It's just when you get in the presence of God, He begins to reform your life to His image. And and you'll get criticism from people, the world, the people that you used to run with will say, oh, you're trying to be something that you're not, you're just trying to put on, listen, you're not trying to be something that you're not, you are becoming something you've never been. He's reforming you, you're not acting like nothing, you're just demonstrating on the outside what's changing on the inside. And none of that comes from an I can attitude. That is 100% I can't. Recognizing that you can never meet his standard on your own. But the more time that you spend with Jesus, the more like him you're going to become. That's good news today. That's good. This is as encouraging as I ever get. Y'all better take it while you can get it. That's, that's good news. It's good news. Listen, there is a way of living for the believer that has nothing whatsoever to do with what you can accomplish on your own. And we're going to talk about this next week. But we spend so much time as believers trying to figure stuff out. Trying to to accomplish and trying to achieve as if everything depends on us and our ability to make it happen. But God told the king through the prophet, it's not by might and it's not by power. It's by my spirit, says the Lord. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Paul said, I've endured every human condition possible. I've had everything, and I've had nothing. I've been full, I've been empty, and I've been cheered, and I've been stoned with rocks. But, but the truth is, it's only through Christ that I can do anything. So you can stop reading your Christian self-help books. Because Christian self-help is a contradiction in terms anyway. If we could have helped ourselves, Jesus would have been a motivational speaker and not a crucified lamb. If we could free ourselves from sin, the law of Moses would have been just fine. But Jesus said it wasn't that the law will never get you to where you need to go. Your power to live a life that pleases God comes from surrendering yourself to the Holy Spirit and getting really, really comfortable with this transformative truth. I can't. I can't. So you remember we were talking about starting your day with I can't. Well, this is what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about being defeated. I'm not talking about walking around putting yourself down. I'm talking about confessing that real power The real power is the power that's found in the Word of God. And so you might say something like this. I can't do anything on my own, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can't do anything apart from Jesus, but I can do anything He calls me to because He's with me. Right? I can't do the things I'm supposed to do, but I am crucified with Christ. So it's no longer I who live, it's Christ who lives in me and through me. I can't be righteous. I can't be holy. But Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for me so that I could become the righteousness of Christ. I can be holy because He is holy and because He is living in me and through me. I can't figure out what I'm supposed to do, but His Spirit gives me gifts of knowledge and wisdom and the discerning of spirits. I can't stop doing the thing I'm addicted to. I can't stop the sin that so easily entangles me. But because of Jesus, I am free from the law of sin and death. I don't have to do what my flesh says. I don't have to do what the enemy says. I don't have to do what my family's always done. I don't have to do what my trauma tells me to do. I am free because Jesus made me free. I can't stand up to the trials and the temptations and the tribulations and the storms of this life, but I can put on the whole armor of God and allow the strength of Jesus to cover me from head to toe. I can't fight the devil on my own, but greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. That's the I can't lifestyle that I'm talking about that's the power of I can't you see the difference you see the difference declaring the effectiveness of your own power is useless psychobabble there is not greatness in you there is not power in you but greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world okay there's a difference declaring the power of God to affect change in your life and others that's coming into agreement with the word of God and that's where real power comes from next week we're going to dive a little deeper into this and we're going to talk about how to get rid of some of the fear and the worry and the anxiety and the exhaustion that we deal with as believers talk about how to walk in victory talk about how to operate in ministry But for today, these two words, I can't, I can't. Listen, if you come to this altar and you just throw yourself at the feet of Jesus and all you can get out is I can't, prepare for your life to change. He's been waiting on that. I can't. I want you to take those two words words and just let it be like yeast and just get into every corner of your life and and your uh, walk with the Lord. I can't. But God can. Learn it. Believe it. Apply it in your life. And watch God God transform you into a new creation. Y'all stand with me today, please. Sets of people that I really want to talk to the altar call. We're gonna, uh, I'm going to pray. The altar will be open for you to pray about anything. Whatever's going on in your life, you're always welcome to come to the altar and pray. She's going to sing a song. Please wait to be dismissed until the end because people are doing serious business with the Lord today. Two groups of people that I really feel impressed to, to highlight. One, um, I just presented the gospel to you, I just told you how you can be saved from your sin because all of us are born into sin and all of us need to be saved and i just told you how to do that it's not a magic prayer it's 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 none of that. Just, you certainly can't get saved just shaking my hand signing a card joining the church none of that works you can't get saved turning over a new leaf and doing a new thing and making better decisions and acting better that's not it it's about surrendering yourself to jesus And allowing His power to change you from the inside out. And so I I, I don't normally present the gospel like that in a message. But I felt led to do that today. And that tells me that there are people here who are not saved. Now it might be people who have never even heard the gospel. And if that's the case, then I, I would love to talk to you more if you have questions. Or I'd love to pray with you as you surrender your life to the Lord. But I think... Maybe a greater percentage of the people who are not saved are people who think they are saved. But who've heard this version of the gospel where you just pray the magic prayer and everything's good, where there's no surrendering, where it's not about God's power, it's not about Jesus at all. And I want you to consider if you have ever actually surrendered yourself to Jesus. Have you ever actually said, I can't save myself I need you to save me. I need you to change me. If you're in that position today, then you're not saved. But you can be. That's what he died for. So I want to invite you, and I'd, I'd be happy, me or any member of the team would have, be happy to talk to you about giving your life to the Lord. Here's a second group of people, and then we're going to pray. And and, and I know this is where I'm going next week, but there I, I sense such... A spiritual exhaustion in people. Just tired of trying and failing. This works for you too. Listen, getting saved does not change the ability level of your flesh. Can I I tell you, you, if you did discover I can't save myself, can I tell you, you still can't. You still can't do the things that God has asked you to do in your own power you have to learn to walk in the power of God. You can do all the things he's called you to but only through Christ who strengthens you. Otherwise you're exhausted. And if you're exhausted then I just I just want you to come and just throw yourself on the altar with that confession, God, I can't, but you can. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your power. I thank you that you are not dead. I thank you that your the blood of Jesus is still effective in washing away our sins that that the the crucifixion of Jesus is still uh he's still the sacrifice for our sins he still takes our place that the resurrection of Jesus still gives us the power that we need to to raise back to life in you and Lord I just pray that you would help all of us to walk in that before we leave today. Every person saved and I pray that according to your will because it's not your will that any should perish but that all should come to repentance Lord I pray that every soul is saved today who is here or who is watching or who is listening and I pray God that every Every one of us, as we surrender our lives to you, also surrender ourselves and and our, our inability to do anything on our own. And God, help us to surrender ourselves to the power of your Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.